Hey, Smarty fans, your pal Trusty has a gift for you. A seven-day free trial of Who Smarted Plus. That's right. If you sign up for Who Smarted Plus, you'll get one week of free access to all our subscriber episodes and bonus Smarty Qs, all ad-free. Parents, educators, and Smarty Pants have been letting us know how much they love their Who Smarted Plus subscriptions. Now's your chance to see what all the excitement is about. Again, this offer is 100% free. You can cancel any time within the trial week. But I have a feeling you're going to want to stick around for all the exciting adventures and extra smarting. Sign up now right in Apple Podcasts or on whosmarted.com. Just click Join Who Smarted Plus. Thanks for smarting with us and supporting Who Smarted. Psst. Hey, smarty pants, you are not going to believe where I am right now. I'm at the Super Bowl. Even better, I have an awesome seat with a great view of the entire field. Whoa, amazing catch. Now, some of you might be wondering, how can I be at the Super Bowl watching the game and yet it's so quiet, except for the propellers. Propellers? Did I say propellers? I sure did, because I'm watching this year's Super Bowl from 1,500 feet above the stadium in a giant blimp. Oh, 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 excuse me, pal. Would you mind keeping it down a little? We're trying to get camera shots of the game and the entire TV audience can hear you. Oops, sorry. Smarty Pants, if you've ever watched a big sporting event on TV, or even better, been to one, you've probably seen a blimp hovering way up high in the sky, getting incredible aerial shots of the action. Hey, check it out, it's the Goodyear blimp. That's mostly what blimps are used for these days. But that wasn't always the case. In fact, blimps have a very interesting history, which I will tell you all about as soon as I learn a little bit more about it myself. Truth be told, I used my teleportation app to beam myself from my seat in the stadium up to this blimp in order to ask the pilot lots of blimp-related questions. Like, why are they called blimps? How were they once used by the military? What was the golden age of blimp travel like? And why don't people still travel by blimp today? Sounds like it's time for another whiff of science and history on Who Smarted? Who Smarted? Who Smart? Is it you? Is it me? Is it science or history? Listen up, everyone. We make smarting lots of fun on Who Smarted? Hi again. I was wondering if I could speak to the blimp pilot. You want to talk to the pilot. And you are... I'm the trusty narrator from the Who Smarted podcast. The Smarty Pants and I were hoping to learn more about blimps. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. How did you even get in here? Did you say trusty narrator and who smarted and smarty pants? I did. Wow, what an honor. I'm Captain Altitude, and this is my co-pilot, Kim. Welcome aboard, trusty. Please, join us at the front of the gondola. That's what we call the part of the blimp where the people are. The rest of the blimp is just a giant balloon. Wow, the view is even cooler up front. You sure do have an unusual job. Captain Tude. Yep. Did you know there are only about 25 blimps in the entire world these days? That means there's not a huge demand for people who can fly them. 
Did you know there are more astronauts than blimp pilots? Whoa. So, how do you fly one of these things? Well, a blimp is basically a giant balloon filled with helium. A lot of helium. Enough to fill more than a million party balloons. My main job is to keep the right balance of helium and regular old air in the blimp so that it goes higher and lower when I want it to. Ah, and how do you do that? When I want the blimp to go down, I use this control to add more outside air to the balloon. Or what we technically call the envelope. Smarty Pants, quick question. Is air heavier or lighter than helium? Did you say heavier? You're right! And because air is heavier than helium, it makes the blimp go lower. Nice, trusty. And when I want the blimp to go up, I use this control to let some air out. Got it. We have a couple of gasoline-powered propellers that propel us forward and a rudder on the back we use to steer. And steering is very important when you're covering a big event like the Super Bowl, trusty narrator, because the last thing you want is a blimp shark! Blimp shark! Blimp shark! Blimp shark! I'm on it! Ah! Blimp shark? Blimp shark? Where? How? When did sharks start flying and breathing air and attacking blimps? Relax, trusty. It's not a real shark. A blimp shark is what we call it when we accidentally cast a blimp shadow on the playing field. This makes it harder for the fans and players to see what's going on. Boo! <laughs> I knew it wasn't a real shark. Anywho, where does the word blimp come from, anyway? Any guesses, Smarty Pants? Believe it or not, nobody knows for sure. The story most commonly told is that a Lieutenant A.D. Cunningham from Britain's Royal Navy Air Force was inspecting an airship, that's what they used to call blimps, back in 1915. He happened to flick his thumb against the outside of it and imitated that sound as blimp. From there, the name caught on. That's crazy. So, if he had said Boeing instead, blimps would have been called Boings? Hmm, I guess you're right. I'd rather be a blimp pilot than a Boeing pilot. <laughs> so how long have blimps been around? A long ways. A Frenchman named Henri Giffard was the first person to design and fly a blimp capable of carrying a passenger. He flew it on a 15-mile trial over France way back in 1852, more than 50 years before the Wright brothers' first plane flight. Wow. Until the airplane came along, the blimp was the most popular form of air travel. In fact, the world's first passenger airline, which started in 1909, flew a kind of blimp called Zeppelins. That fleet of Zeppelins was built by a German inventor named Count Ferdinand von Zeppelin, which is how they got their name. By 1914, the Count's airships had carried more than 10,000 passengers on over 1,500 flights. But in 1914, blimps suddenly took on a whole new role. Hmm, what happened in 1914 that totally changed the way blimps were used, Smarty Pants? Was it the first Super Bowl? The first space travel? Or the first world war? If you said the First World War, you're right. The German army used over a hundred Zeppelins to both spy on the enemy and to bomb them. 
People became terrified by the sight of giant war blimps approaching. However, there was just one problem. The Germans quickly learned it's pretty hard to hit a target from a blimp. Miss? Yeah, that was also a miss. A hit! Wunderbar! Oh, no, sorry, that was also a miss. And when it was cloudy, forget it. But wait, smarty pants, are you thinking what I'm thinking? Wouldn't it be very easy to shoot down a blimp? It's a giant floating balloon. Wouldn't one bullet just pop it? Surprisingly, no. When you pop a balloon, it deflates instantly. Because the air pressure inside is much higher than the pressure outside. With a blimp, the air pressure inside is only slightly higher than the pressure outside. So if the balloon or envelope got punctured, you'd just get a slow leak. Kind of like a car tire when you run over a nail. Ah. Of course. When the Allied forces came up with explosive ammunition later in the war, the war blimp was finished. Why was that, Captain Tude? Because blimps have bad gas. <clears throat> no, not that kind of gas. The gas used to inflate zeppelins was one of the most flammable gases on Earth. Flammable means it catches fire easily. So what kind of gas do you think that was, smarty pants? Was it A, hydrogen, B, helium, or C, neon? Did you say hydrogen? Nice work. The Germans really wanted to use helium because it isn't flammable at all. But at the time, America had control over nearly all the world's helium, and we weren't giving Germany any of it. Wow. So if blimps were potentially flying fireballs, I'm guessing that was the last time anyone flew them in wartime or otherwise, right? You'd think, but no. The years after the war were the golden age of blimp air travel. Until one very famous disaster brought blimps crashing down. Smarty Pants, can you guess what that famous disaster was? We'll tell you all about it right after this quick break. Hi, Trusty here with a special message for all the parents and guardians listening. I know how important it is for your child to excel in every way possible, especially when it comes to education. Well, thanks to my friends at IXL, you don't have to go it alone. IXL is a personalized learning platform that's transforming the way children master everything from math to social studies. IXL's interactive courses and immediate feedback ensure learning is super engaging and accessible for every student, pre-K through 12th grade. Imagine that, a tool that grows with your child, offering personalized recommendations based on their progress. And we know it works because we've used it ourselves. Adam Tex Davis, co-creator of Who Smarted, used IXL to help his daughter stay on top of her schoolwork and excel in her classes. Backed by research, students who use the IXL program are more likely to get higher test scores because IXL functions like a tutor. And whether your child needs help with homework, classwork, test prep, or is looking for a challenge, IXL has you covered, and all of that at an affordable rate. A one-month subscription to IXL costs less than what most tutors charge for an hour. And one subscription is good for every child in your household. Join the millions of parents who trust IXL and make an impact on your child's learning today. Oh, 
And who smarted listeners get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when you sign up now at IXL.com slash smarted. Visit IXL.com slash smarted to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. IXL Learning. Inspire. Excel. Learn more at IXL.com. Hey there, smarty moms, dads, adults, and anyone who loves great food but doesn't always have the time or energy to grocery shop, prep, and cook a big meal. Well, take it from me, the trusty narrator. I found the perfect solution to having delicious, home-cooked meals without all the time and hassle. It's called Factor Meals. With Factor Meals, you can forget about all the shopping, chopping, or even washing dishes. That's because Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals arrive at your door, ready to heat and eat in just two minutes. That's right. With Factor, you and your family are always just two minutes away from chowing down on chef-crafted, dietitian-approved, delicious gourmet meals. From calorie smart to protein plus to vegetarian to keto options, Factor has six menus guaranteed to meet your wellness goals. And with over 35 meal choices and 60 add-ons weekly, your taste buds will never get bored. I personally started ordering Factor meals last month for those busy days when I want a tasty lunch or dinner that fills me up and crushes my nutrition goals, but I only have five minutes to cook it. And Factor 100% delivers on time, every time. So head on over to factormeals.com slash smarted50 and use code smarted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code smarted50 at factormeals.com slash smarted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Hi, Smarty Pants. I want to tell you all about my friend Lucy's very fun podcast called Short Stories for Kids, where kids are the heroes in every story. If you send your story idea to Lucy, she might pick yours and make you the hero in your very own episode. They're all really fun to listen to, and you can check them out at Short Stories for Kids. Here's Lucy to tell you more. Oh no, I'm late again. I really have to hurry. Lisa thought to herself, and ran down the street as fast as she could. In the distance, she recognized the bus stop. The school bus was already there. Onward she ran, but suddenly she heard the sound of the engine. Wait! Lisa shouted desperately, but the bus driver did not notice her and drove on. To hear the rest of this story, come on over to Short Stories for Kids podcast, where you get to be the hero in your own story. Now back to Who Smarted. My new blimp friends, Captain Al Titude and co-pilot Kim, have been giving us a big whiff of history about blimps. Do I smell gas? Oh, that was me. Yep, sorry about that. Anyway, we're just getting to the glory days. In 1928, Germany unveiled the Graf Zeppelin, the largest airship ever built. At 776 feet, it was as long as two and a half football fields. And I thought the Goodyear blimp was huge. It is, but this thing was three times as long and twice as tall. And it set all kinds of records. For example, it offered the first passenger flights across the Atlantic Ocean, 10 years before they did it with airplanes. And it once flew all the way around the world in just 21 days. Which was the fastest anyone had ever circled the globe. 
That's surprising, because you don't exactly think of blimps as being fast. While the Graf Zeppelin could go up to 80 miles per hour. In all, it made 144 trips across the Atlantic and was the first aircraft in history to travel over 1 million miles. But it still couldn't compete with the most famous blimp of all time. Smarty Pants, what was the name of that most famous blimp? Was it the Hildeberger, the Schopenhauer, or the Hindenburg? If you said the Hindenburg, you're right. And unfortunately, the Hindenburg is the most famous blimp because its last flight ended in tragedy. But thanks to my teleporter, we can visit the Hindenburg before that fateful night. Ah, there she is, trusty narrator, the Hindenburg. Even longer than the Graf Zeppelin and nearly as long as the Titanic, whose story also ended badly. Iceberg! I can't believe how nice the Hindenburg looks inside. Oh, yeah. Hindenburg passengers traveled in style. At today's prices, a one-way ticket across the Atlantic would cost over $8,000. The Hindenburg had all the luxuries of a fancy ocean liner, including private cabins, observation decks, an elegant restaurant, and even a baby grand piano. Whoa. No wonder people wanted to fly in it. Yep, until the accident. On May 6, 1937, the Hindenburg was docking in Lakehurst, New Jersey, when suddenly it caught fire and crashed. (gasps) Even today, no one's sure exactly why, but most experts think a small hydrogen leak may have been ignited by static electricity. 35 of the 97 people on board died in the crash, and no one wanted to travel by blimp after that. I sure wouldn't. Well, at least until they stopped filling blimps with hydrogen and started using good old helium. Like our blimp. Speaking of, let's get back to your blimp. So now that blimps aren't as dangerous, will they make a comeback? Will people start floating to Europe again? Instead of flying. I doubt it. Blimps are way more expensive to build, operate, and fly. It costs about $100,000 just to fill our blimp with helium. Wow, talk about inflation. At the same time, blimps aren't totally going away. They're still great for sightseeing, advertising, transporting freight, and of course, filming the Super Bowl. Uh, yeah, the game's over. Uh, where were you guys? Whoops, nice meeting you all. Bye! A super shout-out to Mira in Kingston, Massachusetts. We're so glad you love listening to Who Smarted to learn lots of interesting things while having fun. Personally, I like having fun while learning lots of interesting things. So I think we're on the same page, Mira. Thanks! This episode, Blimps, was written by Steve Helium Melcher and voiced by Chris Airship Okawa, Kim Dirigible Davis, Adam Led Zeppelin Davis, Max Colonel Blimp Kamaski, and Jerry Colbert. 
Technical direction and sound design by Josh Hot Air Han. Who Smarted is recorded and mixed at the Relic Room Studios. Our associate producer is Max Kamaski. The theme song is by Brian Gondola Suarez, with lyrics written and performed by Adam Tex Davis. Who Smarted was created and produced by Adam Tex Davis and Jerry Colbert. This has been an Atomic Entertainment production. <laughs>